Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Hello. I forgot to tell Amanda that she was going to start it, and I was just going to count us in. (laughs) It seems to be my MO lately. It's Zoom life we live in now that everything's crazy, but we're here another week bringing you some hopefully very, very helpful information. Yeah, I think today's guest who is also a fellow podcast recorder of the Money, Career, and Motherhood podcast, Janice Scholl. (laughs) I'm looking at her like, oh, did I butcher it? It's going to be a great conversation about the intersection, not only between money, career, motherhood, but the wild card at times that gets thrown into our lives, whether that be a child with unique needs, whether it be just a colicky newborn or, you know, some other type of situation that we may find ourselves in, but that not a lot of people talk about. So Janice, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Can you give a little bit of background about yourself to our listeners? Yep, absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for having me, Vicki and Amanda. I'm so happy to be here and I've been totally enjoying your podcast lately. Oh, thank you. Uh, the middle school episode was fabulous yeah. as a fifth grade parent. But, there you go. So I am a parent. I have two kids, grade five and grade one. I'm married. Our family is from the U.S., but we've done things a little differently because we originally from Michigan. We lived overseas for five years, and then we moved back to the U.S. and lived just outside of Nashville about two years ago. And I always mention that we moved overseas for a while because that really gave me the opportunity and was the catalyst for a lot of changes in my own life and the opportunity to look at things differently and how we were doing things before we left the U.S. And I guess kind of really allowed the groundwork for me to launch the podcast, which is, you know, my new baby. And I'm so grateful to be working on it. And again, it's the Money, Career and Motherhood podcast. And I do this because I just find that money and career go together with motherhood like peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. And we don't want them to, but they do because Mm -hmm. they all intersect. And so I want to have those honest conversations and help women really with the areas that they don't necessarily lead dialogue with their friends and family with that they're struggling in. Absolutely. And I think just even the range of guests that you've had from not just parenting coaches, but pediatricians, neuropsychologists, I think that just in the short time that I believe you've had the podcast, it's fascinating. And I mean, it's something that, you know, I may be an expert in the law and special education, right? Amanda and I have just kind of thrust ourselves into this world. And that's why we have our firm and the podcast. And that's how we continue to learn about new and different ways of helping children or even different types of sensory issues. But it doesn't necessarily make me an expert in personal injury law, right? And so (laughs) I've always been of a curious mind and having a podcast, especially just because reading 
it just takes too much effort nowadays. And with my little one <laughs> um, running around, um, quite literally, podcasts are just so easy and digestible. So I find it interesting that you said that you went overseas and kind of started to rethink how you were doing things. I feel like Amanda and I, the pandemic has done that for us. Mm-hmm. We very much wanted to start our own law firm because we wanted to, I mean, yes, we wanted to be mothers and things like that, but it was like, we thought we could do things differently, which I think we have, Yeah. but then kind of was thinking like, oh yeah. And then when we're moms, like, it'll just be like easy, like not really knowing like the extent of it. So how did overseas change that? Was it just literally getting out of this mentality of the USA that it's just like, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you're a mom and you're working and you can do it all, have it all. Like, was that just so much just part of it? part of it. And I tell people it was harder for me personally to adapt to being a stay-at-home parent, which I became by moving overseas, as it was for me to live in a foreign country. It was harder Mm. to change in that way. And I was forced to. So part of it really was just getting out of the kind of American driving system. Mm -hmm. And I worked in commercial banking. So, you know, finance is known as one of the greedy professions along with law and they're pretty hardcore. And, you know, I didn't really realize how much my life was dictated by this drive and this inertia Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we, my husband and I didn't have control over. So that was part of it. And then, you know, our first country, we lived in Singapore and there are people from all over the world that live in Singapore. And so we were exposed to different philosophies, different ways of parenting, Mm -hmm. different ways of thinking about education. And, you know, I also, at the same time, because, you know, we didn't have enough on our plate. So right before we went overseas, we also had another baby. So we went with a six So we went from a family of three to a family of four. I quit my job that was like my identity and we moved to a foreign place. We just did it all at once. Yeah. Talk about an identity change to the extreme. Yeah, it was an absolute identity crisis. But, you know, and you mentioned COVID really changing the way you look at the world and stuff. And like, this is not to say that I would ever suggest that we want these types of events to happen. But I do believe that we really, we can never waste it. We can't waste a good crisis. We need to use these events to really reframe what's important to us. So many people that I know have talked about how COVID has brought a lot of silver linings and good to their family because they've reprioritized. They've looked at, wait a minute, how have we been living our lives? And that's what overseas did for me as well. Amazing. And so when you had your child overseas or you had her or him here and then and then what? Oh, so we goodness. had a four-year-old and a six, seven-month-old when we dropped in our foreign land. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. <laughs> wow. That had to have been such a crazy experience. I mean, having those ages to begin with is a lot, but then having to kind of not just adapt, like you were saying, your identity of becoming a stay-at-home mom, but also like just how different it is in many other countries than how we kind of build family and life in the United States. Yeah. And I had lived near my family for my entire life until we left the U.S. And so it was, there were many, many different factors. And my firstborn was a challenging baby. 
we really had a lot of challenges her first four years of life. So, you know, we went from the first three weeks of us having our firstborn, like we were afraid to walk to the park, right? right, right. And with the second, here we are moving to the other side of the world. Yeah, and so yeah. it was a major shift in the way that we assess risk and in our family and how we look at that as well. And, you know, as a former banker, risk and money are what I think about. That's the framework. And so um, realizing that we could take these big risks and do things differently than other families with proper planning and building a strategy with so much uncertainty was a really great catalyst for me to be able to do things differently now. And I think that philosophy and kind of theme of being a banker, assessing risk, but then having motherhood almost kind of put a different layer or different perspective on top of it is what makes it your podcast so useful, I think, to parents. And why we wanted to have you on is, you know, a lot of times parents and oftentimes the mother will take a step back from their career if their child has special needs to really attend to doctor's appointments, physical therapies, you know, speech and language therapies. And I think that Maybe when the kiddo is in elementary school or has a really robust program and then the mom can take a step back, she's oftentimes left with kind of wondering what's next. And I think that's where you would come in, right, in talking about how to maybe transition back into a career, right? Yeah. So when I had my first, I was also in grad school and I was working on a project. So I was struggling with my firstborn, adapting my career life to my motherhood life. And I was working on a project that was to increase female acceptance into top MBA programs. And it was so interesting because it was like so serendipitous, right? To be working on this at the moment that I was struggling because it made me realize how much motherhood, like we think that we can just manage it all, but somehow we become mothers and we're like, wait a minute, this is different than what I had anticipated. We do have a lot to do outside of work for some families with kids and their different needs at times more so than other families. So even the advice that we did have doesn't apply to our personal circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely the case in our family. So even if we thought we had the right advice. We didn't. And then we invest fully into our children because if they do have a challenge, if that is our, you know, if we do have that hard driving personality, we want to do everything we can to help them succeed. And that becomes our priority. And we do wake up one day in the future often and say, hey, wait a minute, they don't need me anymore. And I do have this ability to reinvest in myself, but who am I today? Because we go from a full professional identity to a full motherhood identity. And then one day we wake up and we're like, wait a minute, we actually want to blend the two. And I think that is oftentimes a struggle for many new moms. And I know that you've said this in your podcast, but just not even being able to, you know, speak to your friends about it, right? And oftentimes, you know, you're just trying to keep it together. And even maybe colleagues, I know that you had that experience where once you kind of really started talking to the other moms that were working, it was like, everybody was just trying to do the best that they could. (laughs) But it just... Nobody was, you know, it may have appeared perfect, but it wasn't. How did that kind of help you realize that you wanted to help other women during this journey? 
So, you know, it made me, well, first of all, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about our circumstances because I think it's helpful. But so our daughter was born and she was full term and she was healthy. She was a little bit small. So we had to go in for a lot of weight checks early on, but we knew pretty quickly once she came home that she was having some challenges. And, you know, as a first time mom, what appears to be a healthy baby, sometimes I think doctors don't necessarily realize that something is outside of the norm. So she was severely colicky and really struggled to eat and struggled to gain weight. So that was really, and then when she would get sick, she would get severely ill. So what, what another child would get like a little sniffle, we'd have, you know, a week of intense fevers, that kind of a thing. So we Mm -hmm. just lived in a doctor's office and lived on the edge of, we didn't know what was happening with her, but we felt like something was wrong, even though this was our firstborn. Right. Ultimately found out later that she had many food allergies. She was allergic to milk, soy, eggs, shellfish, and peanut at that time. Wow. So basically everything she was consuming, I mean, I was nursing, but everything I was consuming was making her sick. And so it's really important for people to recognize that even sometimes the feedback that you're getting from those who are in a position to help us and who have the experience and expertise aren't necessarily hearing the challenges that we're going through. And I've found that, you know, I believe that we're all the best parent for our kids for whatever reason, they are ours for a reason. And like we learned, we have to advocate for our kids in that time that we were the ones who were going to stand up for her and we were going to find the help that she needed. Really having to push those doctor experiences and really push that we were struggling, that our child was struggling, brought me to a point of capitulation where I had to say something to the other moms. I didn't want to. Like, I don't want people to think that I went into the office and I was like, I'm totally struggling and I know you are too and let's all talk about it. It was like, no, I don't think I can make it anymore. And if I don't let this out a little bit to people who are in a similar work environment, I'm not going to make it through this. And that's when I realized everybody was their own version of a mess. And we were all, we all had very different circumstances, but yet we were all challenged in one way or another. And so at that time, I kind of thought, well, entrepreneurship is such a great way for women. And that's what I learned that a lot of people, a lot of women will go on a career break And they don't go back into the professional, traditional workforce that they left. They go and they do something else. And sometimes business ownership, where they feel like they can control their own destiny a little bit more, is where they end up. And so I was like, well, I got this, right? I'm a banker. I know know how to help women who want to start businesses. And I started mentoring them. And that's when I found that so much of their business success was tied up into motherhood, was tied up into their old career, but it's also their money mindset and their experience and their comfort level with finance. And so, you know, when men think about money, it's really linear. But when we think about money and when we think about career, it is always a tornado around the focal point of motherhood and family. And so that's really what kind of planted the seed that I didn't know how, but I made a promise to myself that I would help other mothers through this. A wonderful kind of realization to have, especially because I think that's like so true as something that is not really in the public eye that women can be entrepreneurs and women can be business owners, but the business side, the money side for so long, you know, for years and years, it was 
you know, the man, the husband would take care of the finances, right? I mean, it's such a stereotypical thing that, you know, not even too long ago were women even allowed to have bank accounts and ownership and all of that, right? And so it's taken some time. I know when Vicky and I first started, you know, we thought we needed to get a loan. And the challenges that we faced dealing with banks being females and like we weren't even moms at the time but the kind of the way the banks look at women it's so different than men and that's something that nobody talks about i think no and you know the funding gap for women is real it's not just something that we feel is happening it is a systemic problem that you know banks and vcs and they're working on it they realize it's a problem and they're trying but you know we do have to realize that women do have challenges when they're facing, when they're looking to start a business. And some of that is systemic. And then some of that is the stories that we tell ourselves and Mm -hmm. the cultural norms that go beyond just earning a, a paycheck. A lot of the women that I work with, they make plenty of money. It's not that they're not a financial contributor to the family. So they feel like I can't make decisions. They make plenty of money, but they are like, well, I don't really want to be involved in the finance for my family. I let my husband do that. Like that's his thing. And I really, you know, it's okay. I just want to tell everyone it's okay if your husband does the finances for your family, but in letting them do the finances, you are making a financial decision yourself and you should be financially involved. Every woman is involved in her family's finances. We make the vast majority of the purchasing decisions for our family. We make decisions on how our kids and how we spend our time, which have financial implications for us in the day and later. So that's really, really important to be involved. It does not mean you have to be the one taking over. I love that shift in perspective. Even if your spouse is taking over the finances, that is a financial decision that you yourself are making. Because I think oftentimes it's just like, oh, okay, like, let's just, if we're a team, like, I'm in charge of this and you're in charge of that. But in a team that you have to work together, even though they're doing two, you know, you're doing two separate things, it's just like offense and defense, right? And I think yeah, even just the thought process, and I remember a friend of mine who was like four or five months pregnant after I had started getting it. So I was like four or five months pregnant, and then she had just gotten pregnant. And she has her own business. And what a wonderful resource. Even though she wasn't in the law, it was a night, you know, she was an entrepreneur. And even though she was on her own, you know, we could kind of talk about, you know, the challenges that we'd face with like, you know, do you tell this client, oh, you know, in in a couple months, I'm going to be on maternity, you know, and she's like, how would that affect like, whether or not they're going to stay with me. And it's really sad (laughs) to think about that. But for her, it was, you know, she was the financial person. And you know, she was was number one in her a company. And it was like, if she goes out, how is she going to do it? And of course, she's just yeah. like a, a brilliant financial mind. So like it all worked out for her. But it's interesting to even think about even before the pandemic, you know, just Instacart or any of these kind of, you know, going to the grocery store, which I was like, no, I like going to the grocery store. And it was just like, did I like, <laughs> and being able and I know I'm sure for some moms that are able to do it, just the amount of time and that being a form of currency, right? Like, oh, I now have an hour and a half, two hours that we would have been doing that I can do something else with. So are those kind of some of the things you talk to women or anybody about when you're kind of getting involved with them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, time and money are currency, like you said. And we kind of get that there's opportunity cost to our time. 
I feel like, but somehow we forget that there's a value to our time, especially for moms Mm -hmm. who have stayed at home for a while, Mm -hmm. because when we're working and we take time off of work, we're like, okay, well, we know how that impacts our work. But when we're at home, we don't think that through. And, you know, the other thing that I want to highlight is that women often spend money differently when they are financially empowered. And, And especially for families who have kids with different needs, we invest in our families differently And, you know, it's important for both the parents to be involved in deciding how you'll use your financial resources. And I really value based budgeting is really what I advocate. And it can be so helpful because there's always demands of our finances. There's always more to spend money on than we have, regardless of how much money we make. And especially if there is one parent staying at home that has a financial impact on us. You know, one of the things that my husband and I, so we're both in finance, but not having to stress about money is important to us. That is a family value because we believe that when we don't have to think and worry about money in the future, that allows us to not bring that stress to our kids and to focus on, you know, doing the things that we want to with them. It also allows us to make decisions about whether we work or don't work. I was able to take that career break because we had the framework for finances. Mm -hmm. And it's also allowed us to do things for our daughter when she was facing medical challenges that we wouldn't have been able to Otherwise, you know, so she ultimately had to go through intensive occupational therapy for feeding. She, as she grew, she did not learn how to eat like a normal baby would. It did not develop as a reflex. We actually had to train her and we had, she had to drink the formula that is used for feeding to patients. We referred to it as the super juice because it's what allowed her to really grow a little bit at that time and, and start to become a little bit more healthy. But our occupational therapy bill was not covered by insurance. We were told that it would be. And then ultimately, and then they didn't bill it quickly. And then we had this giant bill right before Christmas where we didn't know we were going to get it. The formula I mentioned, because it was more than our mortgage. Oh my God. To pay the monthly bill because it was a food item. It was not covered by our insurance. And what I want people to realize is that when we have kids the volatility of our life, the volatility of outcomes, also known as the risk, goes up. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's risky to have kids, no, but no, it no. kind of is risky to have kids, right? Like you, the, your the stakes are higher. To, the, the stakes, stakes are, are just higher. naturally higher. Yeah. Right, and then right. your ability to guess the outcome right. decreases. Right. When it was just the two of us, it was easy. Yeah. And then if you have a child who has challenges, and then those stakes change again, and the possible outcomes you may or may not have more visibility into. So financially like strengthening your family is a way that you can really parent better and being Uh prepared to take a career break. For instance, if you think that you're facing challenges that, Hey, maybe you won't be able to deal with while you're in the workforce or planning for the needs of your kids are so important to me. I know just like sitting and like processing all that is just, I think that, you know, you understand, like you read the parent books and you're like, yeah, for sure. It's going to totally be fine. And baby's going to be on my schedule and it's all going to work out. And it's just like, oh no, their own human and they're just going to do whatever they want. And you just have to be there to make sure they don't run into a wall or something. Right. So <laughs> I think yeah. saying that the... Well, and I- I think what you said about, you know, parenting better is important to note, too, because, you know, not just our babies, but as they grow up, they are, you know, learning so much from everything that 
you know, the parents do even what they don't necessarily think that they're saying or teaching, right? They're watching everything. And I think for kids to grow up seeing, you know, financial stability or planning, right? Because it's not something that's taught in school, budgeting and, you know, credit cards and all of that. People always talk about, oh, yeah, I wish we would have learned this in high school. But not just that, but seeing maybe both parents being involved in that as well, simply because, you know, it's teaching them how they're going to raise their kids, how they're going to build their family and be, you know, if it's, if you have a daughter, you know, making sure that they understand that, you know, not only are we teaching them that they can do anything, but, you know, there are important aspects too, that, you know, everything we're teaching them, it's it's coming from what we're doing. So I think that's, you know, huge too. Well, and when it's a discussion with both parents, and first of all, most families don't talk about money with their kids enough. And Mm -hmm. it's because it's unnatural for us. It's because our families didn't do it. But our kids are learning from us as we do. So we may as well equip them with some tools, right? And it should always come from a place of, you know, we are taking care of you. We have what we need, right? Like we want our kids to understand that they have a safe environment at home and that we're doing everything that we can to keep that healthy, happy family environment. But Understanding that you choose to spend monies in certain ways and then don't choose to spend money in another way and why you made that decision can help Mm. reinforce the family values that you're trying to teach your kids, right? So, you know, family values to us means like we like to travel. Of course, we're in COVID, so we're not traveling right now, but we like to travel. We have different needs of our family. We are going to spend on those things, and we're going to tell our kids no in other ways because we want to save our money for the important values that we have as a family. So it's a parenting tool from that perspective. And then when it's both parents talking, especially for a mother or a father who are on a career break, it helps the kids understand that it's not just the income earning spouse mm-hmm. in charge. And that I think is really important. And it keeps, it just changes the dynamic, even if you have a traditional dynamic in your household of a stay at home mom. Because again, you know, if you have a kid who has needs that go beyond what you can accomplish when you're professionally employed, you may still want your daughter, your son to see a strong working female, but it's not possible at that time. Mm -hmm. But there are still ways for you to raise your children to recognize that mom or dad is a strong contributor to our family. And we as a unit make decisions about how we use the tool of money. I think that's such a great, like I said, just a shift in perspective that, you know, you don't need an MBA in business, right, to kind of understand. I think that being able to provide these kind of little bits of knowledge that are easily digestible is why I liked your podcast. (laughs) And as we kind of wrap up here, is there anything else that you think that we miss that you would want to like kind of get out there to moms or to dads about, you know, the situation that they either find themselves in or just in with the finance world in general? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to speak to the men and women who are right now thinking about taking a career break and are not sure if they should do it and they're concerned about it. And I want those parents who are thinking about it and are really like, this is happening, but they love their profession, they love their career, consider asking your employer for 
something different for flexibility because a lot of us tell ourselves the story of what our employer will or won't do. Right. But we don't actually know. And what I find more often than not is that employers don't really know what to do to make it (laughs) palatable for the employee. They want to help, but it's a touchy subject. Mm -hmm. We feel like HR wise, it might be dangerous to talk about. And then quite frankly, every parent, depending on their personal circumstances, will need some type of different flexibility. So if you're really struggling because you don't want to leave your career, but you need something different, so ask, right. just ask. The worst, it's worth, yeah, it's worth, it's it. worth a shot to ask. That's exactly. Well, and right. I think we're seeing that so much more now with COVID, and hopefully, it will continue to be something that is discussed, and you know, not just maybe needing changes in the workforce, but just the idea of how encompassing like kids going to school. I think everyone's kind of learning that now, right? That school isn't just or it shouldn't just be like daycare, right? There's a lot more that goes into kids going to school and doing homework. And that I think even employers need to be considering that. It's not just, well, my kid's home from you know school because they're sick, so I need to care for that. But you know, maybe parents want to be involved in being able to go to the school play or you know soccer game after school that you know may not be within the the you know before five o'clock, right? I think there's a lot more to it that people are now maybe hopefully starting to consider about how a normal day-to-day workday looks. Absolutely. And that is, you know, back to never waste a good crisis. I think that is one of the silver linings of COVID is that, you know, yes, there are more men and women who are considering taking time out of the workforce, women especially. But the reality is this existed before COVID, but now we're talking about it. And I am really encouraged and happy about that. Absolutely. Janice, thank you so much for your time. We could talk to you literally all day, especially as new mommies and just get all the wealth and knowledge from you. But I guess we'll stay tuned to your podcast for that. But where can people find the podcast? Can they reach out to you? Do you have a website? You want to kind of plug all that? Yep, absolutely. So you can find the podcast on all of the places you listen. And again, the name is The Money, Career, and Motherhood Podcast. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Money, Career, Motherhood. And the website is www.moneycareermotherhood.com. And please reach out to me. You can email at hello at moneycareermotherhood.com. I love to hear what piece is so impactful for you. And again, every motherhood is different. And so I love hearing new stories and new ideas to help all of us through this journey. Excellent. I already just started following you on Instagram. Thank you, Janice, so much. We hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Amanda and I are feeling refreshed and trying to get you the best content that we can during this time. So we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.